Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, I want to ask you this question. Do you know why God has you in your workplace? Have you ever thought about the fact that it's not just a job, that it's your mission field? No matter what you do, your workplace is your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. It's so powerful. It's not just a job. God has you where you are on purpose. So what is your purpose? Is it just to get a paycheck? Or are you on a mission? Today we're going to talk with Ford Taylor from love2020.com, that's love2020.com, about how you can learn to bring an intentional touch of Jesus Christ into your workplace and touch the people that you work alongside each and every day. Ford Taylor, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hello, Jim. Thank you very much. It's always good to be with you, brother. Always. You know, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. And I enjoy our time together. It's fun. You're always encouraging. I love getting encouraged when I'm on the air. It's so much fun. You know, it, it says in First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's like a theme verse for Love 2020. Because it's all about the love. And I want to really get dig into that deeply. But I want to hear from you. I always ask questions of all my guests. Hey, how's the Lord working in your life? But I want to ask you this question. How has the Lord surprised you lately? You know, Jim, I, I love that question. Because I've kind of reached a place where he doesn't surprise me. But I'm just always in awe of what he does. And so I, like, so I love the question. But because he's so big... I'm just not surprised anymore, but I'm always in awe. And I guess one of the things lately for me is, you know, I was sick for a few months, and and they were running every test they could run, brain scans. They told me I had brain tumor, carcinoid tumor. You you must have a heart problem. I mean, every just one test after another, and they kept coming back and saying, you're not sick. You know, so when you keep hearing that, I guess you start asking yourself, am I just a head case? Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they gave me antidepressants, Oxycontin. Uh, I told the doctor, I will not take this. Uh, I've held a loaded gun in my hand before. I've been to the bridge of the river, you know, ready to drive my car off. I know what that is. I know what that depression is. This is not that. And finally, after about eight months of a battery of tests, 
uh, I was awed from one email from a guy that says, hey, can I introduce you to the specialist doctor? I went. Uh, he immediately diagnosed me with Lyme disease, um, ran the test. I had it. He told me it'd be 12 to 24 months before I would see some really significant improvement. And within six weeks, I was back to 100% full travel schedule. Everything was back. And when I went to see him after 90 days, he said he was in awe. Uh, I had told him uh, when he diagnosed me, I said, what's the quickest you've seen people bounce back from this? He said six months, but they weren't as bad as you. And I said, would you call it a miracle if I was back in three months? And he said, yes. I said, let's pray that God shows you and your staff a miracle. And in 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 my 90-day checkup, he was in awe, just as I was in awe. And so that, that's, that's what's happened to me lately. So we're praising God for that. Oh, that's fantastic. And today we've got Ford Taylor on the line with us. And Ford is in charge of the workplace affinity sphere for Love 2020. And Love 2020, well, Ford, why don't you tell people what Love 2020 is all about? Well, Love 2020 uh, is a vision that basically every American would be touched somehow through prayer, care, or share with the love of Jesus Jesus by the end of 2020. Uh, the workplace affinity sphere is those of us who uh, have the calling that you talk about on your show constantly, that our job is our mission field. It also is part of the economy. It is who we are. That we've rallied together to try to put together a, a team of people where we actually could reach all 156 million people that are in the workplace today by the end of 2020 with a touch of Jesus through prayer, care, share, and, of course, you know, being business guys, we had to add one, uh, and discipleship. And so our goal is to hit every person, 156 million of them. Now, have you taken into consideration that our new, our president-elect has said he wants to create an extra, it was like 10 million jobs in the next four years, maybe it was 13 million jobs, so do you need to refine your number? Well, that's that's what may happen is that our 156 hopefully will turn into 169 based on, you know, his promises. So we're fine with the number going up. Well, okay, good. I just want to make sure you guys are thinking about that because it is one of those things where I really believe there's going to be a drive towards creating jobs with infrastructure projects and other things around the country, and we need to make sure we're reaching all of those. We need to make sure we got Christ followers planted in all of those new workplaces, whether we're building bridges or building walls or whatever we're doing. The Love 2020 movement, this, you know, this brainchild that, that they grabbed you, why did they grab you and put you in front of the workplace affinity sphere? What was it about Ford Taylor that they said, Ford's got to lead this? Well, it's interesting, Jim, that you asked that because uh, the phone call I got was from a friend of mine who I call my spiritual father who's in his 80s, and he's the one that called me and said, Mission America has a question for you. Is there any chance that you would work with them if they asked you to? And I gave him a story from the past about Mission America, and they called me, and, and really what they said was in prayer that God had told them that I was the person that that, they, that he wanted them to ask. And and so they just laid, they laid it out, and nine months later, after lots of prayer and uh, asking a lot of my mentors, my family, uh, our company, our board, you know, would they take things off of my plate for me to be able to do it? It, it? You know, it took me nine months to give them an answer to really believe that, you know, I'm in agreement with you that God asked this. So but that's why. <laughs> well, now you just said something there that a lot of people are going, wait a minute. 
somebody waited nine months for an answer? Because as Christ followers, we are so, we're all in a hurry, not just as Christ followers, as, as Americans. We're always in a hurry. We want answers. We want instant answers. And we want answers that we want them now. And if, and if somebody asks us to make a decision today, we figure that we got like three days and we got to give an answer. You took nine months to really seek the Lord in this. Weren't you worried that they would take it away? Well, uh, Jim, I, um, I'm not, I wasn't looking for more to do. Uh, I'm still not looking for more to do. And so if they took it away, I would have been fine with, okay, that isn't who God told you to choose. And so I would have been fine with that. I actually gave them four or five recommendations of other people that I actually thought would do a much better job than me uh, because of their background and how long the longevity of how much longer they had been doing this kind of work than I have. So I actually recommended a few people during that nine months, and they continue to say, we believe God keeps telling us to choose. So uh, one thing I say to people regularly uh, you know, is, is I would rather be six months behind God than 30 minutes in front of him. Mm. So well, why do you say that? Explain that. And I know we're a little off topic, but that when you brought that up, I know that that is what you just described there is exactly something I have struggled with all my life. And yet I always thought I'd be okay being 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes ahead of God. And, and now I understand why I'd want to be behind him instead of in front. But why is it that that is so important to you? Well, because, you know, sometimes in my past, you, you know my story, is I definitely got way out ahead of God. And in that place, I started thinking I was all that. You know, I was the king of the apparel business and, and a lot of pride and arrogance because I, I was doing it literally on my own or believed I was. And sometimes getting out ahead of God for me can lead me to try to do things on my own instead of walking in obedience in the way he might ask me to do it. Ford, I really appreciate you sharing that because everybody listening is going, I know I'm supposed to I know I'm supposed to wait upon the Lord, but really? Months? You waited nine months for the Lord to confirm that. And that's that's what I've been studying all year long. Martha and I in our devotional together have been waiting, trusting and hoping. And understand it. That's a powerful thing. And really the step of faith that you've taken to be in charge of the workplace affinity sphere. So everybody associated with the workplace in the United States of America between now and 2020 to bring a touch of Christ. You talk about waiting. That's a tidal wave that needs to come over the next four full years. Yeah, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, four, four full years. And that's like, but, you know, Lord, we're just ready to go here and you're taking your time. I mean, it's that waiting on the Lord thing is a real exercise in spiritual discipline. Yeah, Jim, uh, you know, there's, there's, when I'm looking for detail about these kinds of things in the New Testament, I like to read Luke, you know, because Luke was a doctor, and he had details. You know, a lot of the stories were told by different storytellers, and they were written in the Gospels. But when I'm looking for details, and, and Luke tells a story about a king who left, and before he left the country, he gave, you know, 10 different people, we'll just call it $10, but 10 talents, 10 somethings. And when he came back, you know, he, he went to the first one and said, what did you do with the 10? And he said, I did 10 more. And, and the king said, I'm going to give you X. And, and then he went to the second one. He said, what did you do? I did five more, and he, I'm going to give you X. And went to the third one. He said, I buried it in the ground. I did nothing with it. And, and he said, then go give all yours to the first guy. Now, what he told those two guys, and a lot of people believe that he said he gave them 10 more. But what it says is he gave them 10 cities. And, and Luke starts that whole story by saying this. 
And Jesus told this story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. And so to me, that whole story is a story of patience, yet we teach it as a story of stewardship. Now, stewardship is very important while we're being patient. But sometimes I think the one thing that God is asking us to hurry up to, would you hurry up and be patient? And so sometimes I think we definitely get out ahead of ourselves are ahead of him because we don't have the fruit of the spirit uh, of patience. You know, you're just now messing with people when you say to hurry up to be patient. That, that's people are now officially going to get counseling appointments this afternoon. Hurry up to get patience. <laughs> well, and and, yeah. and and as Christians, we joke about Lord, give us. You know, uh, we're afraid to pray for patience because we know what's coming. But right. you, we will never be who Christ wants us to be until we have that patience. And so you really need to pray for it. And you just need to pray for it in, in great faith and just like, okay, the Lord's not going to give me anything bigger that I can't handle. All right, so let's take this back to Love 2020, because really, the Lord has been patient with us as a country. As a country, over the last 60 years, we have turned our backs on the Lord. We, we've drove them out of the schools. We've driven them out of just about every sector of our society. Yet, the society, our culture, and every corner of our culture is constantly asking, they're looking for the answers. They're asking questions. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? There's got to be something more. You know, and there's all these cries and shouts for meaning when the answer is a simple five-letter word, Jesus. And, and we need to bring Jesus back into every corner of our culture because he is the only answer that will solve any of their problems. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it's interesting, the scripture you just quoted, you know, that God won't give us anything that we can't handle. It actually has a couple more, has another addition to that that says without him. And so a lot of people, you know, they stop before the without him. And I think he clearly gives us things we can't handle without him to keep us relying on him. And so uh, absolutely agree with you that he won't give us anything we can't handle without him, but I clearly think we get a lot of things we can't handle without him because we try to do it without him. And I, and I think patience is one of those things. And you're right. Uh, it is time that we step it up and do and be who he called us to be and do what he called us to do, which is to share the gospel and make disciples. Well, when you said the number to bring an authentic touch of Christ to the 156 million people in workplaces in the United States, how many Christ followers are you saying that there are in order to do that work? Well, it, uh, it depends who you ask, you know, based on George well, I ask you, I ask okay. you, well, okay, so you can choose well, whatever you know, source you want. Okay, so, so you know, so one, one source says that, you know, somewhere around 80% of the people in America are, quote, Christians, unquote, uh, you know, one another source shows, shares that somewhere around 10% of Christians have a true biblical worldview, which means they actually do believe what the Bible says. And then some of that same research shows that but only 3% of people who claim to be a believer have actually had a personal transformation of the mind that led to the transformation of the heart that led to an intimate relationship with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so... If, if you think of that research, assuming it's true, you know, that, you know, we ought to be able to rally somewhere between 3 and 11, 10, well, 10 or 11 percent, depending on the research, because the rest, 
we have to touch. I, I call what I do reaching the reached. You know, that, that they've got to be able to have a light bulb come on to be able to have the courage to do what we're talking about doing. And so, you know, another piece of research shows that there's a little over 50 million believers in the workplace. And so the research is all over the board. So let's assume there's 50 million, that if we could somehow get to those 50 million by touching, by getting to the 3% and the 11% first, that we then could reach the 50, then to re- the, the 50 to reach the 150 is not that daunting of a task. No, I agree. But if the number is actually, it's not really even that daunting. If the number is the three percent, because three percent is about right. five million people, and that five million to re- reach one hundred and fifty-six means everybody's got to reach about thirty people. If my numbers are right, fifteen. Yeah, I think that. No, I have no idea. I got to get my calculator calculator back out. But the point is that there are millions of Christ followers who have truly been transformed by the work of Christ out there in the workplace. Well, that 3% is total. It's not just in the workplace. So some of okay. those are stay-at-home moms and dads, some are but pastors. But they got workplaces. Yeah. Right, they do. But the 156 million, we're, we're calling uh, the non... We're, we're talking about the generating income workplace. So school teachers... Okay. You know, you, media people, filmmakers. Now, we also have affinity spheres at Mission America that are focused on a lot of those individual groups also. So we basically got two or three shots at a lot of them. And so we're kind of going for all of the people that generate an income, okay, in the workplace. And then there's other spheres that are going to focus on the smaller spheres to give us, you know, two or three shots at them. Okay. All right. So we've got 156 million people that need to be touched with an authentic touch of Christ's love between now and the end of 2020. The focus for you and me is on the workplace. That's what we talk about every day. And you're talking about the, the income generating workplace. I'm talking about workplaces as a whole, but we're, we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. You've got a website, love2020.com, love2020.com. Let's direct people out there, even while we're talking, if they're not driving, Take a look at this website because there's some really phenomenal stuff. And even even as I sign on today, there's been some major updates to the website. So I think the first thing people are going to go like, how do I sign up to be part of this movement? Because I know that the official kickoff isn't until isn't it January when you're really officially kicking off with this. Well, we have a we've been as you can imagine since April of last year, the workplace sphere has been praying, uh, meditating. Um, strategizing, pulling a team together. And so there's certain things that we are uh, yeah, about to kick off the first part of the year. And so most of what we're doing, you know, uh, other than what's on the website under the workplace sphere, almost everything else is going to really get started in the first part of next year. Again, okay. after almost a year and over to a year and a half of planning and praying and saying, okay, God, what do you want us to do? When you and I first talked, one of the things that excited me most about Love 2020 and, and your focus on the workplace was the fact that you are actually coordinating, bringing unity in this amongst workplace-focused ministries, many of whom, if not in fact all of whom have been part of this show at one point in time or another, and churches who also understand the focus on whole life discipleship. 
you've got them all working together on the same team, which is the miracle, one of the miracles I've been praying for in this, that we get people to come together and, and work as coopetition to impact the kingdom. That was a pretty, if there's ever what I've seen an amazing hand of God and what Love 2020 is doing, it's that part of that. Is that the way you look at that? Well, and that is absolutely, Jim. I mean, one of the ads that was running while I was listening a while ago is the Nehemiah Project and, you know, Patrice Tsage. And, and part of the, the, I mean, just a wonderful man who believes, that, like you and I do, that, that we were made to complete one another, not to compete with one another. And so, you know, part of my nine-month process was actually calling a lot of leaders that are, that are leaders in the workplace uh, movement and asking them, hey, if, if I agreed to do this, would you guys come around and be a part of a collaborative convening team? Because I hate to call myself a leader of it. I, I, I really call myself the server, the convener. You know, Oz Hillman, I called him. I said, would you co-lead? Would you co-convene this with me? You have gifts I don't have. You know, Eric Welch, a lot of people have been on your show. You know, I, I talked to these guys and said, okay, if I accept this, Will you guys come around in, in the, in the, you know, that you ask, you know, what surprised you lately? I don't know that I was surprised, but what I was in awe of is that they all said yes. And that told me that it was God's timing. You know, okay, this is God's timing because he's ready to take a lot of these leaders who, it, not, not the ones I called out, but many of them who've in the past almost seen each other's competition and say, wow, what if we came around something that nobody had to give up what they were doing? Nobody stops what they're doing, but we just add this in as part of what we're doing. We really could reach all of them. And what a powerful testimony that is. And that's what I love it. As we're directing people out to the Love 2020 website, when we come back, I really want to deal with what are some of the specifics people can get? Because there's a, there's a lot of information out there that people can get meaty on. There's, there's meat there. There's a lot of meat there. Talk to me about the thing that you would love to see personally from all of this. What is it that you're hoping that the Lord does in your heart as part of all this? Well, you know, every day, uh, one of my prayers is, you know, Jesus, reveal the fullness of your majesty at the Father's right hand. Honor and glorify yourself by living in and through me. Change me any way you want. Wash me clean of every sin. Give me the courage to be humble, the humility to be courageous. And so my hope is that he'll change my heart to become more like his son, to be able to do what he's called me to do. Talking about love2020.com, love2020.com. Ford, we've got people just signing on. Why don't, at the bottom of the half hour, we get lots of people just getting off jobs. They work 7 to 3.30 and they jump on the radio. Talk to people that are just tuning on right now about what Love 2020 is all about. Well, Love 2020 is a vision from Mission America, uh, the director, Paul Cedar, and now he's got an unbelievable team around him. I know you've talked to Kathy Branzell, uh, Phil. I mean, there's just an unbelievable uh, group of, of leaders that God's assembled around Mission America, which is where the vision of Love 2020 came. And it really is about trying to see that every person in America is touched by the love of Jesus through prayer, care, share, or discipleship by the end of the year 2020. And, and your focus and my focus in partnering with you is on the workplace and, and bringing an authentic touch of Christ to the 156 million people that are in the workplace. Yeah. And 
Every day we talk about how do you do this? And, and the I Work For Him Nation Challenge just takes Love 2020's challenge and it, it, they almost mirror. It's almost, it, well, it's divine when you look at it. But as I challenge people every day to look at ways that they just start praying for their coworkers and employees, they're not sure how to bring this love, t- the touch of Christ to people. Start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. And God will open up doors for them and he will open up their minds to be able to see those people the way he sees them, but then to look for ways to serve those people they work alongside, to look for ways to befriend them because those friendships are what create the ability to truly be a person of influence in their life and to bring Jesus in a powerful way. Look for ways to pray with people when they're having a rough day. But the most key to this workplace focus for Love 2020 is that every Christ follower out there should be a person of excellence in their position, that they should be the example employee in their position. And I, I think, to me, that's what resounds what prayer, care, share, and discipleship is all about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, we've had this great divide for years between, quote, the church and, quote, the marketplace or workplace. And it, it's almost an unintentional thing. You know, let's go to church on Sunday. You know, let's worship. Let's close the worship service with prayer. And now let's all go out and be heathens at work. And, and, I, and I don't. nobody means or is intended for that to take, well, maybe the devil did, but I mean, <laughs> other than the devil, nobody else really intended for that to happen. And I think light bulbs are coming on all over uh, in churches, seminaries, that, you know, after years of prayer around this and people coming together that hold it, the workplace, it's not just a place where you go to work, make your money, and one day you grow up and mature in Christ, you quit your work and go on a bunch of missions. You know, your, your workplace is so much more. You know, it's not only that if you're a Christian, you're a shepherd, which makes you a pastor. So, you know, kind of the level one understanding is that, yeah, you're a minister at work, but that's not even close to, to the, the overall message. Uh, not only are you a minister there, you're, you're also gifted at that job. I mean, God gave you the gift to do that. You know, also, he set up the economic system. You know, the Bible says God created everything, so he set it up. Now, we may have completely blown it through greed and lots of other things, but if everybody in the workplace grew up and matured in the old way and go to seminary and become a pastor or missionary, there would be no economy. And so to really encourage workplace believers that not only are you a pastor in the workplace, so live like you love Jesus, but to understand you have an anointing, you have a call on your life to do that role. Be the best at it. You know, outperform the people who aren't believers, and people quit saying, oh, look at those Christians, look how entitled they are, look how lazy they are. In other words, understand that it's our role to even outperform in a good way any, everybody around us, and then to embrace that this is our call don't be looking to quit what God anointed you and called you to, to go do something else, and then to realize that, that together, you know, God called us to make up the kingdom. You know, it's a kingdom message. It's not a local church message. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be given unto you. And so, so Jesus continually gave a kingdom message. He did not give a local church message. Now, the local church is definitely there to teach, train, equip, serve. Uh, Absolutely, the the church is completely 100% part of the kingdom, but they are not the kingdom. 
not the local church. We are the kingdom. We are the economy. And, and we are trying to encourage pastors, you know, mobilize the workforce, commission them as ministers, honor them at their 10-year anniversaries and 15-year anniversaries, just like you do yourself. And when the message, change the message. Don't close the worship service in prayer. Launch your people out of church with a prayer. Don't close it. Launch it. Just some little terminology. The word lay people is not in the Bible. Let's, let's, let's change the terminology. You're not a lay person. You're a Christian who gets their income or your job, whether you're a stay-at-home mom and dad, whatever it is. You, that is what you were called to do. You know, I'm not better or worse than you if I'm a pastor at a church, a taxi driver, or the CEO of a company. We are all the same in Christ's eyes and in God's eyes, and we have a call that we complete the kingdom. And we have got to get that message out so people can accept and feel good about praying for their coworkers, that God will answer their prayers and not be throwing the Bible in one hand and a knife at the other. You know, to, to pray for these people and, and feel good about the fact that you're praying for them because God called you to pray for them, not just at church on Sunday morning, but in the workplace. He called you to care about them. I mean, when you're going to get your coffee, surprise them and bring them a cup of coffee. Open the door for them with a smile on your face. If they're behind and they're stressed, offer to pick up their lunch for them so they can get, help them complete a task expecting nothing in return. Help them. Give them a hand. Do the things that would look like Jesus would look. And you won't even have to talk about Jesus because they'll ask you who he is. They'll ask you what's different about you. But we have to accept that that is the reality. And then share and ask them to share their story. Yes. Because when they ask you to share your story later, your belief in Jesus is just part of your story. It's not shoving Jesus down their throat. It's just part of your story. And then all of a sudden, you're not screaming Jesus at them with your mouth. You're showing it to them by the fact that they, you prayed for them, and they don't even know it. You did little things that showed that you cared about them. You might share your lunch with them. You know, we talk about share. Everybody talks about share the gospel. What about sharing your lunch? What about sharing your time? What about those things that, you know, your, your actions are louder than your words? And what if they started asking you what's different about you? This is what we're talking about, Jim. It, it, I love the way you said all that. It just, <clears throat> the power of Christ in us is so much more than the words that we speak. And really, our, our actions do speak louder than words. Our parents always told us that. Your actions speak louder than your words. Your actions speak louder than your words. And my parents always said that because, you know, I would say, yes, mother, and then I'd go do the wrong thing. But when we actually start to love our people that we work alongside, whether they're our employees or whether they're our bosses or whether they're our coworkers, it, it, it will make a transformative difference in our, in our minds. I used to open up the show with Romans 12, 2 all the time and, and just tell people, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you by changing, by changing the way you think. By, by just by just a whole stop repeating what the world does. And when if we start loving people in every part of our society, regardless of who they are, just love them unconditionally, that will change our culture because there are so many hurting people out there who desperately want to be loved. Uh, absolutely. Not, not a doubt in the world. And when people start asking you, why do you care about me this much? 
I got news for you. You don't, the Holy Spirit just shows up when you care about people that much. In other words, you aren't having to get out your four spiritual laws because they're asking you for the gospel even before you have to bring it up to them. And I love that scripture because look what it says in Romans 12, 1, Jim. And this is the part, and it starts with therefore, so you got to read 11 for it to make any sense. But then it says, before it says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Listen to this. I urge you, brothers and sisters. So Paul's saying, all you believers that are brothers and sisters to me, which is brother and sister to Jesus, in view of God's mercy, okay, because of the mercy he shows you, listen to this, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, this, um, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. See, we have got to get the signal that Jesus, Paul, the Bible says, everything we do, your whole body is your true and proper worship. Your emails, how you do them, is your true and proper worship. How you talk to your children, how you talk to your coworkers, your employees, your boss, that is your true and proper worship. Your whole body be a living sacrifice. This is worship. Now, another way of worship is go to church and sing together. Another one's offering. But our true and proper worship is everything we do. And we have got to get that message out so people will realize, because this is your true and proper worship, now, okay, do not conform to the patterns of the world. Don't let your anger get the best of you. Don't let your frustration be taken out on your workers, on your employees. Don't pray with them at 8 o'clock and scream at them at 10. Why? Everything you do is supposed to be true and proper worship, holy and pleasing to God. But but you can't get there without what you just said, Jim. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by changing the way you think. Then, he says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will really is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And the reason I think people are always struggling for God's will is because I think Barnard's research is probably true. Only 3% have actually had a true transformation of the mind. Yeah, that tra- that renewing. People don't really look at that word, renewing, to make it all new all over again. Christ has the power to restore. He came to restore all things, including our minds. Now, Ford, because you told me today we're going to be looking a little bit at the Love 2020 website, I'm going to direct us there. We've got a couple minutes left in this segment. Let's do sure. some highlights of things that people can find out there on the Love 2020 website. The big thing I want, right at the beginning, you sign on to it. There's this big red box, Share Your Story. What is that all about? Well, we want people to be able to not only share their story that they currently have, but as we move forward in touching people's lives through prayer, care, share, at work, through discipleship, and these other things, we want to hear about it. We want to hear the success stories. Because if people hear somebody else's story, and the success they're having, they may go, wow, this might really work. So we want to hear the stories of success out there. Absolutely. Well, and that's really what I try to do on the air. I, I always try to bring out people's testimonies. They don't just get to hear me every day, which they do get to hear me often, but not it's not my story. I'm trying to highlight other people's stories. How, how is this ministry touching them? How did Jesus touch them? It's like I asked you that question. How did the Lord surprise you lately? And you're like, awe. Which, by the way, there's a great book I'm just reading right now by Paul David Tripp called Awe. I don't know if you knew that. Have you read that one yet? I have it's, not. Okay. It's, I, I, I love the name, though. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's awe. So when, also on the website, there's another spot that says Connect. How does Connect, really quick, how does, what's Connect all about on the Love 2020 website? Well, what it's trying to explain is that, you know, get connected with other people to inspire 
uh, use to inspire them to be able to really share their love with others. Um, you know, just connect, connect with other believers. You know, don't try to do it your own, your own. You know, the Bible's very clear. You can't do this alone. Whatever it is, you can't do it on your own. We need each other. Yeah, we need partners in faith. There's no question about that. Talking today with Ford Taylor from Love 2020. How can you learn to bring an authentic touch of Christ to your the people that you work alongside each and every day? Praying for them, caring for them, and eventually getting the opportunity to share your faith with them. Love 2020 is a movement you want to be part of. Ford, as we're talking about the website, love2020.com, I think people are going to go out there and go, I want to get involved. I, I want to be part of this movement. I want to make an impact on my workplace. How do people get involved? There's lots of different ways for them to get involved, but how do they get involved? Well, one way to get involved is to go to that Love 2020 website and, and click on one of those screens, collaborate, communicate. You'll see all the different ones. And, and when they click on it, there's a, a screen off to the right or a list of things that say action plans. Uh, and what I'd encourage them to do is to go to action plans. And under that, you're going to see arts, entertainment, cities, neighbors, prayer, prison, technology, women, workplace, youth, youth. And, and what area is it that you would want to focus on? Now, for us, Jim, you and I, we focus. That's Not that we don't do the others, but we focus on the workplace. And if they are listening to your show, there's a good chance they're focused on the workplace. Well, then they could just click on that that workplace, and when they click on it, it would take them into the workplace page um, of Love 2020. It would talk about the vision, the mission, the purpose. Uh, there's a little video on there with a message. Uh, it talks about what a famous guy. Looks like. There's a video. There's a video with a famous guy on there. It looks like Ford Taylor. Well, let's don't go there. I, they wanted to post that, and I, I guess I appreciate that. But uh, but anyway, so it tells what prayer, care, share what work really means, uh, how, to, how to submit yourself to discipleship. I mean, how can I make disciples of others if I'm not willing to be discipled? And so there's, some, there's things on there that really have a lot of explanation. And then soon people will be able to click and go in and join a particular sphere. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, they can share their story. Um, but we're, we're really being worked on right now because the joining has been a little bit confusing, and so that's being worked on, and hopefully we'll be taken care of here in the next few days. Uh, but if they work hard enough, they can actually join now, but I don't want to put them through that work. But at least they could go in and start you know, going through it, looking at it, and, and seeing all the different opportunities. Well, and there's so much out there. I mean, there's 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 Kathy's blog that's out there. There's a coaching oh, yeah. corner. There's strength conditioning. There's gear. There's a bookstore. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. When you think of if if you wanted to you put a challenge, personal challenge out to everybody listening today, and this show is going to be listened to for months going forward, go ahead, give that challenge for it. Tell people what you want them to do with Love2020.com. Well, what I'd like you to consider doing, number one, is ask God, does he want you involved? And I can pretty well tell you the answer is going to be, of course I want you involved any time that it comes to sharing the love of my son. I mean, so I don't think you're going to get a big fat no. I don't want you to go pray for people, care for people, share with people, or work on your discipleship. And and so really, you know, and then and once you do that, learn what does that mean for you specifically? What would it look like for you in your workplace specifically to, to pick three to five people in your workplace that you would pray for, that, that you would have the courage that if they came to you with a problem, you'd be able to pray for them right there on the spot, but pray for them that they don't even know it. What would it look like for you to show that you cared about them? What would it look like if you shared your resources, what you have, 
you know, so many people in the body of Christ were always complaining about not having enough resources. Well, we got plenty of resources. We just aren't very creative with them. You know, we operate in silos. We don't share with one another. That's why the church, in my opinion, has such a bad reputation. But, but what would it mean for you individually? And then what would happen if you caught the fire and then you got other believers that you worked with at the workplace? And what if you had five believers that you know and all of you were praying for five people? Mm, wow. The same five or five different ones. And what if you spurred somebody at work to say, you know what? I'm learning how to care about my coworkers. I'm wearing, learning how to share not just the gospel, but share my resources. You know, I had an extra 10 minutes. I went over and asked them, is there anything I can do to help you? I mean, that, that just blows people's minds. But see, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by doing it differently. And, and this, is, this is what I'd encourage them to do. Be excellent at your job. You know, the, the Bible says that you had, a, I believe it says, if you've had a transformation of mind, one of the ways you know is you're never lazy at work. It says never be lazy in your work. It says love each other. Don't just pretend you love each other. Understand what communication is. Think about this. 93% of what each of us communicate is through our tone of voice and our body language and only 7% through our words. So when mom and dad told us, Jim, your actions speak louder than words, they didn't even probably understand the research, but the research proves it. Right, it is. What you say has very little. Go ahead, sorry. It's time. It's time. Ford Taylor, thanks so much for being on High Work for him today. Ford Taylor with Love 2020. You're such a blessing. We'll bring you on again real soon, okay? Thank you, Jim. Always love being with you. God bless you, and thank you for all you do. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in today to I Work For Him Challenge. Go out to I go out to iWorkForHim.com. Join the I Work For Him Nation and go out to Love2020.com and check it out. Find out what it's all about. Thanks for listening to I Work For Him today. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace is my mission field, and I work for him.